Thank you for tuning in to the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Had a really big, great, awesome week this week. Spoke to a lot of fascinating people, awesome musicians, legends, uh, artists of all shapes, sorts, and sizes. So stay tuned as I introduce each and every one of them individually as I speak with them. Thank you for tuning in, and here we go. next man I interviewed needs no introduction, but I'm going to tell you who it is anyway, Mr. James Burton, Elvis's right-hand man, lead guitarist, and number 19 on the top 100 rock guitarists of all time, according to Rolling Stone. Uh, Mr. James Burton was kind enough to invite us to his show, James Burton and Friends, which was over at the Skirmerhorn Symphony Center. Uh, he played a performance with all of his all-star friends from Brian May, uh, all the way down to, he had T. Graham Brown there, he had Steve Warner, he had um, Joe Walsh from the Eagles, he had Vince Neal from uh, Vince Neal now, because Motley Crue's kind of out of it, Tanya Tucker, Paul Schaefer, Mickey Dolans from the Monkees, uh, too many really to uh, mention because my brain's getting kind of wibbly-wobbly. But anyway, did all that in support of our veterans and troops to donate back to them. It was a really awesome experience, and I was glad to be a part of it. Finally get to meet and shake the hand of the man who uh, kept Elvis rock and rolling for all those years. That's next, Mr. James Burton on Josh Belcher Uncharted. Hey, hey. Pleasure. You got... Brian May's shirt on. He had it on last night. He told me. I had to get an extra one sewed together. Yeah. I got one just like it. Yeah. Fancy, huh? Yeah. First of all, uh, thank you for speaking with us. I know you've only got a couple of minutes. Thank you for putting this together. Uh, what makes them, What makes you decide to gather all your friends to come and perform such an event like this for everybody? Just something I love to do, something I've always wanted to do, bring my friends together. Mm-hmm. And my show's about James and friends. Yes, sir. And these are my friends. And... Uh, I am so honored, and uh, it's a blessing. That's what I mean. All the charity work stuff you do, that's the best part, you know, giving back to the kids and the troops. Just thank you for taking the time to do that. It really means a lot to someone of your magnitude to do that, and we're just really grateful for you to be a part of that. And thank, thank you, you sir. No, my you're first busy. show in Nashville, but I'm honored to be here. <laughs> I see. We're glad I to have you. i got Mickey Dolan's here, my yes, man sir. right here behind you. Yeah, we already <laughs> said hey to him, but anyway, you have a good one, and we'll see you out there in a little bit. God bless you guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. This interview is with my favorite guitar slinger. He was at the James Burton Foundation Performance in Skirmerhorn in Nashville. That would be Mr. Steve Warner because he represents Nashville, Tennessee. He has the uh, distinguished honor of being known as the easiest, greatest interview, greatest person to deal with, talk to, performer in Nashville. And it couldn't be more true, as you'll see here as we've interviewed him. I spoke with him several times before, but I always really enjoy times I get to sit down and chat with him. Fun fact, if you're ever playing trivia, the Who's the Boss theme song, the Tony Danza Show, uh, that was Steve Warner singing Brand New Life, and uh, at random, I asked him to sing it, and he did on the podcast. He sang a little snippet of it, so if you're ever playing trivia or anything and want to have that answer, there you go. Steve Warner's next. I've interviewed you before. You are you hold the reputation as the nicest man in Nashville. Oh, and nice. I'm Thank glad you. to see you because you are the greatest guitar player oh, in the world. Well, you're so mighty you. sweet. I've always, I'm glad to be here tonight for James, yeah, man. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, and I uh, just love to see you here. It just made me like the room because you've always been such a thrill and, and just a guitar smith. I mean, 
what is it what is it like just being here amongst all these people I know like to us like to be able to play we, we admire you but I know you some of these guys are bound to be your heroes what is it like to get up there and just jam with them you look around and you go wow what am I doing up here <laughs> the first I was on James first the very first one they did down in Shreveport and I was uh, all, the, all across the stage you're seeing all these heavyweight legends and I mean, it's it's incredible that they. I'm actually still getting over the fact that some of these guys know my name, you know. So, but it's really great that these the level of expertise and musicianship is off the charts. I mean, you know, I just was talking to Paul Schaefer a second ago. I'm I knew him from I knew him before, but just yeah. incredible those guys, all these guitar gods here. You know? Yeah. Speaking of Paul Schaefer, I'm gonna say it just made me laugh because I saw him. You, you know that new Sean Seventeen, the mass Singer. You've had to see yes, it. Yes, I've not. It really watched it closely but I heard he was on it okay he was on it and got booted off obviously he was a skeleton but with your voice you got to do it next year if they asked me I would do that would you we got to get the I would do that if they they don't really know me on that show everybody so they, knows Steve Warren. I don't know I would do it the heartbeat though yeah. Sam you're the guitar smith you got anything for the greatest guy in the room here <laughs> put me on the spot <laughs> we look there. around there's, there's a lot of great there is a lot of good players yeah but, but you're our guy when I saw thank I was like you, yeah Steve thank Warner's you. here yeah, he did. thank you yeah. Yeah, do the Tony Dennis of the song. <laughs> There's a time for love and a time for yes. living. So take a chance and face the wind. Yes. Yeah. A brand oh new life. <laughs> brand new life. A brand new life around the beach. Yes. yes. I did that with Larry Carlton. You know, he produced that when I did that TV theme. Yeah. When I found out he that, did was, that. that was you singing, of course, I always kind of had an idea. And then you hear the little soft music. I was like, oh, man, when I, you was icing on the cake. When they do the reboot, they're going to give you a call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, they'll get some young dude to do it next time. <laughs> you do well, Mr. Warren, hey, very good to meet you guys. Yeah, good to see you. My yeah. pleasure. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, man. fun. We'll catch you next Thank time. You. Yes, see you sir. next interview was a very, very fun one that Sam Maywell and I thoroughly enjoyed. Got to speak with Jason Sheff, longtime vocalist of the band Chicago. He, along with his son, who played bass with him live at the James Burton Foundation concert in Nashville at the Skirmerhorn Symphony Center, uh, he played alongside uh, Brian May of Queen and James Burton himself and a slew of other people. It was an awesome concert, an awesome performance to behold, and a great interview. We enjoyed it thoroughly. That's coming up next on Uncharted. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Yeah, let's let's go and get started about that. Tell us about that album. First of all, it's awesome to have you in Nashville for this, such this great thing with James Burton. Uh, what made you decide to, uh, to to add your talents to such an event? Well, we've been, you know, we're, we have such an incredible connection because, uh, you know, my father is Jerry Sheff, who was the bass player in the TCB band. So yeah. all through the, the Vegas years, my dad and Ronnie and all those guys, they grew they really spent the time with him, um, you know, and so now when I, I get called for anything from the Burtons or any of these guys, I'm there for them because they're like uncles, you know, they're relatives that I didn't really spend a lot of time with, but they were so close with my father that there's that, that bond, so, and then what they're doing is just incredible, you know, uh, paying it forward to kids because that's the, that's the time and the age where you're either going to in one direction or the other and so I'm really all about trying to be there for uh, for for kids especially in those transitional years yeah that's awesome and as you mentioned that new album that's got me so excited thinking about uh, he said a mix with the old and the new can you talk about this new project and, and everything yeah Jay DeMarcus the day came in 2003 where you know I had always felt okay I you know I contributed 
some of the biggest hits of uh, the band's career, Chicago, and done a ton of touring. But I really always felt like I, you know, came in and replaced an icon, and that was my role forever. And it's part of it, and it's and I'm so proud of that. But all of a sudden, Jay DeMarcus reaches out to me in 2003, and that's the next generation. He's 10 years younger than me, saying, uh, "I'm I." Chicago's the reason that I play music and I've particularly followed you and so I went whoa here's my my era and my part of the legacy and I befriended him and, and came out to Nashville and went and heard these guys and went really? so I'm in your DNA? and he's like yeah, absolutely so our friendship developed and, and got to the point where in 2006 I think it was the opportunity to make a Chicago record happen which hadn't happened and I think 16 years or so, and it was my relationship with Jay DeMarcus and all that activity that, that was the fire starter. And I went, wow, look at this that I'm able to really bring to the table. Jay produced the record, Chicago 30, and right on the heels of that, he said, let's make a solo record. We started it, um, and I, I was the recipient of what I call Rascal Flatts' foul tips, right? Because <laughs> you can only put a, a certain amount of songs on a record, and they were they had become the biggest, not only the biggest country band in the world, but one of the biggest groups in the world. Yeah. So every every publisher and writer was trying to get to Rascal Flatts. It reminded me of the day I joined Chicago on uh, the heels of, of 17 with You're the Inspiration, Hard Habit to Break, Hard to Say I'm Sorry. All over the airwaves, every writer and, and uh, publisher wanted to get to us. So I felt that feeling again. And we hadn't recorded, like I said, hadn't recorded in ages. It was kind of over for us. But Jay and their success really brought the opportunity. Boom, we got in and cut. Um, like I said, started this album. And then I said, you know, I was just touring too much. And I said, I'm not interested in, in, let's just put this down. Well, come whatever it was, 12, 13 years later, you know, I had to come home uh, from some family stuff, you know, in 2016. And so I was taking care of my, my family and, and Jay about a year later says why don't we dust off the record and see what's going on with that and saw about five tunes that were really still ready and finished them and then started with will you still love me you know because it was just kind of Jay's fantasy to record that song we weren't trying to think about making a record or anything but it turned out so great that um, I said let's do another one so the next thing you know we had five cuts the ones that I was involved in will you still love me uh, what kind of man would I be I co-wrote um, Look Away, you know, which was Song of the Year in 2000, uh, 1989, mm -hmm. Billboard. And then a couple that I just had been doing over uh, 30 years, Hard to Say I'm Sorry and, and uh, Feeling Strong Every Day. So we finished it. It was released a couple days ago, and it's just so cool to have something out. Yeah. His team, too, Derek Basin, who's you know made every Carrie Underwood record, Luke Bryan, most of Rascal Flatts, he mixed the record, recorded a good portion of it. So I've got as good as it gets, you know, as far yeah. as the team. That's so awesome. Hey, like I said, you enhanced Chicago. You said you were filling shoes. You made Chicago. I well, mean, you know, yeah. I, I know that now. It's funny because, you, you know, when I got the opportunity, if you were to paint that paint that up and map it out and say, this is what's going to happen, and you go, it's impossible. Yeah. That group, I grew up on that group, and that legacy, and that voice, Peter Cetera, and it's impossible. But something happened when I walked in on the first day to record that it felt comfortable. I talked to other people who have crossed that threshold and become world-class, you know, in, in sports, and, and a lot of talent out there, but there's something that happens that you just feel comfortable with it. 
or not. And I just, for some weird reason, there's David Foster across the glass, staring me down, and I it relaxed me. And so, the rest is history. It's like, get used to it. Yeah. This is your life. So it's <laughs> been great. Yeah, now you're rocking tonight. Well, hey, yeah, thank man. you so much. It's an honor just to be in the same, uh, same room oh, with you. Oh, no, man. Glad to hey, have you. this is my son, Connor. Hey, Connor. Connor, you play too? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. How you doing? He's an incredible musician. He's going to play 25 or 64 with me tonight. He's going to play bass. Really? Heck yeah. And he's, you know, he's playing. My, my other son just got signed to Interscope. Wow. Connor's going to be probably touring with him. I'm going to steal him when I can, but my other son is starting to take off. So that's Jerry Chef's lineage. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. bass player right here, yeah. man. That's great, Next man. That's too cool. That's awesome. You're going to be rocking tonight. What, what do you like to play on? What, what's your? Are you like a four-string or you go more? Four-string. Yeah. Traditional, look at He's that. He's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just running down the board. Now, do you use pick or you just straight finger? Are you both? Depends. Yeah. yeah. I guess it depends on what I, I play. That's cool. Hey, dude, I'm looking forward to watching you jam. That's got to be your exciting. favorites? Uh, Who's like some of your favorite bands? Bands? Yeah. Um, Who you got growing, in growing up, right growing up, it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Like, oh, fully. Yeah. So you're a fully guy, yeah? Yeah. That was my... I got a picture of him that was signed one Christmas and started crying. <laughs> sure. So awesome. he was the biggest inspiration. But now, now, um, I'm really into, like, R&B. Right on. Cool. D'Angelo's Voodoo yeah. album. Yeah. It's one of the, uh... I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Oh. It's, oh, my God. Pino Palladino mm-hmm. playing bass and... Quest Love on drums and it's oh, yeah, 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 one yeah. of the greatest. Uh, do you spend a lot of time in Nashville? No. no saying, we moved back to uh, Yeah, Victor Wooten does it. Like, oh, regular. Been to his camp. You had yeah, oh my the gosh, Wilderness camp. We went to his camp. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is he not incredible? Oh his son's God. really good too. Yeah. Uh, Interviewed my very first monkey on the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast, drummer Mickey Dolenz was also at James Burton Friends in Nashville at the Skirmhorn Center. Spoke with us a little bit about uh, traveling to Nashville and performing. That's next, right here. Here we come, walking down the street. Sorry, couldn't resist. It's an honor to finally, I've never got to meet you back from the Monkees. I feel like the coolest guy on earth right now. Grew up loving you, uh, you know, shared through the passion of my, my mom was a fan. Um, what made you decide to loan your talents tonight to such an event here in Nashville? What made me decide what? To loan your talents tonight uh, for this event here in Nashville. They asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple. Uh, simple as that. Yeah, I was yeah. thrilled, honored, flattered. Um, uh, I have knew James, of course, for, God, 40 years or 50 years now uh, from recording on the, uh, early monkey stuff. And, um, yeah, I was, and I know a bunch of the other guys and the yeah. uh, people that we've done... I've done charity work with a lot of the other people uh, in the show. Yeah. And, you know, I, my calendar was open. That was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm in. I'm there. I'll be there. We're glad to have you. As soon as I saw you, I was like, everybody's surrounding him. i got to go talk to him for a little bit. Um, and I see I see the monkeys. You guys are still doing a lot of stuff. I see you come to Franklin every so often, to the Franklin Theater. Yeah. Are you all doing touring right now together? No, April. April. Mike and I, we're, we're the only two surviving. I got you. Yeah. Mike's still doing his thing. That's very, mm-hmm. very cool. Well, that's awesome, sir. Well, hey, anyway, we're glad to have you. Thank you so much for your time. Can't wait to see you rocking there up on the stage. You going to be, playing, you gonna be yes. playing drums? No, no, no. Just singing this time. Just singing. I got you. All right. Well, we'll be there rooting you on. 
very excited to have spoken with this young lady, Caroline Jones, country music up-and-coming superstar. She absolutely destroyed the stage at James Burton and Friends, playing guitar, playing harmonica, singing with T. Graham Brown, jamming with everybody. She's a force to be reckoned with. It was truly an honor for me and Sam Madewell to get to take some time and speak with her. Remember that name, Caroline Jones. She is a true all-star in every sense of the word. And that interview is next. Yeah, he just gave us some. He said, just don't eat it because it didn't have the same effect, but you can use it for sore muscles and whatever. All right. Can I open it? Yeah, yeah sure. This is, he just gave it to us, and it's for everybody. Um, but while you open the CBD oil, let's talk about your career. You're, you're big time. You're a little too big for our podcast, but we're glad to have you. Um, tell us about this Opry debut. That is huge. Yeah. So um, we've had a great year of touring. Yeah. Um, it's been amazing. We started out with Vince Gill, and we went touring um, in the spring with Kenny Chesney, and then spent the summer with Zach Brown Band, and I just finished with Trisha Yearwood. So it's been an amazing year of uh, opening up different tours. And then this um, Saturday, I kind of get to to end out the year on a high with my Opry debut, which is really exciting. You just, you're just, the way you're, it's like you keep climbing the mountain, and then when you, think you get to the top, there's like one extra thing there. That's, that is too cool, and like all these people you're performing with is not too shabby. So, um, I'm here with Mr. Burton. What made you decide to lend your talents tonight for such a big cause? And like, everybody in this room, like they're living and breathing legends, so that means yeah. they think you're going to be in line to be the next. Well, so you're it was a no-brainer for me. I mean, I'm still, I can't believe I'm here, you know? I'm kind of pinching myself. Um, these are my musical heroes. I mean, I uh, I take musicianship really seriously. It's a huge part of, of my craft. Um, obviously, I love singing. I love performing. I love writing songs. But I also love playing instruments. And um, I really respect the studio musicians in Nashville. I really respect the legacy of musicianship that um, is very unique to country music. And um, so these people mean a lot to me. I mean, these are people that I've studied for years and then being able to soak them up in person and seeing how decades and decades into their career they still have that like childlike passion for music and for playing the guitar and for soloing and for passing around you know different melodies and it's just so so inspiring yeah that's yeah. awesome like I said we're looking forward to hearing you sing now like I said to have to have a you know a newcomer that's rising for to get to invited to this. I mean yeah. you must have the pipes. You must be able to really do Oh thank you. There. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be really, really yeah. fun. So are you resident now? Are you from this area? Where are you from? I'm originally from Connecticut. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, up there. I was and, uh, up, oh, I was like this, this I'm thinking map. So yeah, right on. Yeah, I'm originally from <laughs> Connecticut and then the past few years I've lived back and forth between here and Florida. Wow, so, what a yeah. change. Yeah. Connecticut. So is there a big uh, reception? I don't know what you would call it. Like, like, uh, Is there like a big following of country music up north that far? Actually, you'd be surprised. I mean, I didn't li- grow up listening to country music, so I can't say that there was a following um, necessarily where I was, but I was really surprised when I started touring with Zach Brown Band yeah. and Kenny, like how huge country tours are in the northeast. Yeah. Like, Zach tours more in the northeast than in the south. Really? Yeah, he can fill up venues in like multiple um, cities in each state in the Northeast. Um, it's really interesting, and so can Kenny. I mean, these people are selling out multiple nights at Gillette Stadium. Like, in Boston is a huge market for country music. Like, upstate New York is a huge market for country music. So, that was kind of cool. Um, 
cool to see and a little bit surprising because I grew up in that area and I didn't even really know. Yeah. Well, one thing I like about it, you know, being we're from the Nashville, Franklin area, is that I think now country means country, not just right. country folks, but it's everybody is welcome to it because, you know, having this podcast, I've talked to people everywhere that come from all walks of life, Canadians, whatever, yeah. that are susceptible to it. And I'm just glad to see the legacy continue to grow because you often, you know, you worry like when George Jones sang, who's going to fill their shoes? Like, where's yeah. it going to go? Yeah. And like, here you are. We get to hear you sing, which I'm looking forward to. You're Chris Stapleton and people like that. So I, I really don't think it matters where you're from. It's just if your heart and soul's into it. Oh, for sure. And, and music is a legacy that's constantly evolving. I mean, James Burton is a perfect example. Like, yeah. you think of, like, Mother Maybel Carter and her, her finger-picking style, and you can hear that in, in James Burton style. But then James Burton put rock and roll in country music like he's almost like solely responsible for like modern country production and country guitar and that was completely revolutionary at that time so um, artists just need to keep um, being courageous and expressing the creativity in their hearts and there will always be traditionalists there'll be purists and there'll be people pushing the boundaries and we need all of it we just need great artists yes absolutely yeah. what would you call your style um, mine's pretty country pop but I have some you know some singer songwriter roots um, and um, some rock in there. I mean, at this, in this day and age, we're all bastards. I mean, there is, there's no one who's who's born now who will grow up listening to one kind of music. It's over. Like it will never happen again. And um, and that's a beautiful thing. It's just like now because of the internet and globalization, we're all exposed to more cultures of people, more languages, more types of food. It's um, it's actually a really beautiful thing. I think. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Yeah. Well, said. well that's really awesome. Anything else you want to add? Uh, what are your social medias? Uh, Caroline Jones, C A R O L I N E. I'm on all the socials, and um, I just released my new EP, Chasing Me, so people can go check that out. Nice. And what singles floating around on radio? Chasing Me is my first. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's my first uh, charting country single, and um, I also have a song on the Chasing Me EP that features Jimmy Buffett and Kenny Chesney and wow. Mac McAnally. Yeah, yeah. So. Mac Mac. Oh, Mac. What a yeah, guy. I know. What a guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're glad to have you here on the ground floor and you, after your Opry debut. Just remember us when we're like the low guys and we're waving. <laughs> you know, when you just walk by us, just remember, hey, they talked to me one time. <laughs> Thank you guys so Thank much. Thank you. Thanks for your good yeah. question. For the first time ever on the podcast, we have a song recorded and performed in its entirety. This is the brand new dynamic duo that's taking country music by storm. This is Allie and Leah. They're at Franklin, Tennessee's very own Kimbrose Picking Parlor. Take it away, ladies. Here we go. Josh, we're here at Kimbrough. Bro. How do you think it's going on? Oh, my gosh. I think we're having a blast listening to Adley Ray Hodson and her uh, Leah cohort Robinson. there, Leah Robinson. They're playing music. Uh, uh, Allie, in my opinion, not that it matters, is the natural, the most natural talent, untapped, that nobody's heard of yet. Just a matter of time. If the right person finds her, she's going to be music royalty. She's going to take her as far as, as as far as you could ever imagine. Um, it's just fun watching her in these stages way back when because like I said, it's not what you know unfortunately, it's who you know and if the right person finds her dude, she's going to the tippity top.
live and uncut on Uncharted Podcast at the back of Kimbro's Picking Parlor. Everybody Woo. state your names. We have a crowd. Hi, I'm Leah Robinson. I'm Allie Ray Hodson. Alexander Travis Watson. Charlie Brown. Cam Pierce. <laughs> Frank Vegas. Okay, and we're out here discussing. Sam, you said you were going to take the charge, so I'm following your lead on this one. What were you going to say, young fella? I wanted to know, uh, first of all, so Leah and Allie, how long have you guys been playing together? Ooh. Interesting. Well, probably past since past this past summer. So I don't know, six months about? Yeah. Six months. Thereabout. Took us a while to finally make music though. Well, there's a raw, formidable energy. It's palpable. We really enjoy it. You guys have a good deal together. The uh, combination of harmonies and the songwriting is brilliant. Um, really good stuff. Uh, How did you guys know you had like a uh, a good dynamic together. When did y'all know? I mean, you mentioned it a little bit playing, but how did you know when you sit down you're like, oh, wow, we can really make a run at this, you know, writing and collaborating? The first time we played together. The very first note. Yeah, yeah once we got absolutely. past the bullshit of I'm not magic. sure if she's like... <laughs> yeah. After she friend. decided that I wasn't an asshole. <laughs> right yeah, basically. That's good. Uh, are you figured that out yet? Is oh, that... No, I figured it out. She's got a heart of gold. I mean, where do you think Golden Green came yeah, from? Yeah, that song Golden Green was inspired by her fiery attitude. I love this woman, but damn. She keeps it interesting. She do. All right, what else What else you add to the mix, Sam? Sammy knows. So, so, so what's, what's your plan? What's the end game? What is the ambition? What do you want to do? Tour the world, stay local. Open for somebody, close from somebody. What's, I'd, what's I'd going on? I'd be interested on? in hearing what Allie Ray has to think. I've got a lot to say on this, but I'd like we're, to hear We're excited for both of you. We have plenty I, of time. Plenty I of am juice. open for absolutely anything that Very can happen. Good. Awesome. I believe in this woman, and I love making music with her. That's it. And what's the band name? Is there a name, or you just call? And I believe in babies. <laughs> Dude, like making them or just looking at them? Making them. All of, all <laughs> of the above, Josh. All, all of, of the above. That's From beginning them. to end. That's right. Okay, let's let's teeter to that because my ADD is kicking in. <clears throat> would you do a natural birth or are you ladies epidural and all that? Or would you just God. let it pop on out, pain and all? I can already tell. Yeah. I don't want to feel anything. Yeah, Backwards in the deal. bathtub? What about you, Wisconsin girl? I would definitely try the natural. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Go bigger, go home. Yeah, because she's a hard ass. I wouldn't promise she's I'd be like quiet. I'm pretty sure I would be. Very I could see, lucky. I could see you having the baby holding a coat like catcher style. Yeah. And just Leah's gonna be like, yeah. Cut your, cut your own umbilical cord. Um. Yeah. It's a game. It's we'll, a game to Leah. We'll wait a couple years. We'll see. Leah, it's a game. So okay. Just making fun of my athletic background. It's a, and what, what is that? What is your athletic? Oh, lacrosse. Would, I, Cross. No, ice hockey, women's ice hockey. Wow, that's impressive. What position? Cool. I was a defenseman. Oh, yeah. were you a captain? I was actually. My, really? My, I was always assistant captain. My last year, I was captain of the U19 women's Pittsburgh national bound team. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. Now, were you a scoring defenseman or were you just defending? Oh, definitely. Defenseman? I was on special teams all the way. Nice. I loved it. How would you say your athleticism? Transfers uh, over into your oh musicianship. <laughs> Transfers over into your musicianship. Well, I have to say it's helped me a lot get some really incredible opportunities. I was late coming to music, and I just happened to meet people that like 
gave me the opportunity, but I ran with it. And I have to say my athletic background gave me the discipline to do it. So nice. it's kind of been an interesting journey meeting people who are truly of the spirit of the musician because yeah. uh, organizing the discipline, it's it's like I'm not used to it not being intuitive, I guess, with people. So it's been a learning experience. I've had to become a better communicator. Yeah. Nice. Especially with me. I mean, she's really had to work hard. <laughs> okay, are you both open with your feelings? Are you open with Yeah, ladies? totally. Like, I am extremely open with my feelings. Nice. And, and she's I've helping been me. teaching her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're more reserved. I am more reserved because I do think there's a time and a place of how to say things, and I don't think it's always your best emotional, like... Or sorry, I think it's not in your best interest to go with your strongest emotion and verbalize that necessarily. I think taking time and yeah. being thoughtful can be helpful. But I'm the bottom line is like I know this woman knows that I love her beyond a reason of a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. I think that helps any type of conflict that we might face because the bottom line is she knows that I love her and I want what's best for her at the end of the day, whatever that is. And she will always know how I'm feeling. Yeah, so that's helpful as well. Premonition, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So what was I going to say? Is there any any music in the works, any EPs, any albums you're going to record together? I, I am tentatively hopeful on that note. Uh, Ali Ray talks about she's down, she's ready. Um... I'm, I'm a little bit slower on the uptake. I know the kind of work and polishing it takes to have something like that. The amount of, the amount of um, how do you say it, pre-production that we'd need to do. I think right now, I would say we're in the beginning stages of figuring out our sound. Ali Ray is such a strong vocalist. She brings a huge, like, sexy element, too. Yeah. And I just want to write for that <laughs> and get into that. You. So. Gotcha. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I'm, I'm working on trying to figure that out and she's a writer too but uh because she doesn't have the songwriting background or like the schooling i do like her songs aren't necessarily in typical format so it's kind of coming to this place of me taking my hands off the wheel a bit and letting things be atypical because it does serve the song so it's a learning new. process you're yeah, learning each totally. other so okay so we're in the embryonic stages still how long you, well, you might have already mentioned it the total how long have y'all been performing together about, well, performing, I'd say about three months, actually. Since, yeah. Nice. But I've known this woman for about six months, and it was a fast friendship, and I don't have many of those. So that's, that speaks volumes. I feel like we became friends fast. Pardon? Oh, it's because like you wear such cool clothes. Like, Thank you. You're making a good That shirt is winking at me. Like, right on. It is. It's like, it's like carpet at your grandma's. I wish people could see this. It's, it's a lucky shirt, and it works. It makes you want to talk to them. It's my lucky charm shirt. Thank you, dear. Well, I agree with everything you say I think you guys are a ball of talent I think you're going to go to the tip of the top I was telling Sam that while you're performing you guys can captivate a crowd and I think if you get in front of the right crowds things are going to be big for you you got to look you got the, you got the moves you got it all what are our social medias if people want to get a hold of you do you have pages, fan pages, reverb, all that? Not yet. We're getting up to that. You're catching us at the very embryonic stage. Well, like I said, Mr. Maywell here was the adamant. The embryonic stage. It's okay. Yeah, get ready so for that. Ready. So we'll, we'll make this. We'll uh, we'll continue this saga. And I recorded get ready for the. Um, hers is gonna be natural birth. Mine is gonna be fully Epidural. medicated to the top. Now, are you gonna are you gonna have uh, have men or is it gonna be surrogates? Like you're gonna get the turkey baster? I've got a man in mind. You got a man. I'll let you know because it's probably going to be about 10 years. So 10 years is a good time to when wait. That, when that time comes, Josh, you will be the first person can I, that I let. Can I be in the room? No. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said no, then said of course. Of course, I want you holding my hand. <laughs> you probably break my hand. That's awesome. Can Sam be there in 10 years? He might be dead. Oh he can be the oh, kid's you grandpa. I believe Sam's going to be there. He is my rock. Your rock of Gibraltar. All right, well, you heard it from the, from the girls. Any more questions, Samuel, before we end it? You want to so, thank them for their time? Or you have another question? Uh, no more questions, but I do thank you for your, offer, for your time. And uh, it's been fun hearing you all. And I think you all killed it tonight. As always. Look how genuine his face is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Say goodbye. Bye. Say goodbye. Bye. Everybody say goodbye. Thank you, podcast world. Thank you, podcast world. Goodbye. Cool. Our next guests have a really awesome Christmas show. It's going to be coming to the Franklin Theater Saturday, December 7th at 8 p.m. It's titled Christmas Time, Lewis York and the Shindellas. Now, Lewis York is the musical creation of Claude Kelly and Chuck Harmony, who we had the awesome privilege to speak to over the phone, got to interview with them. The guys have worked with everyone from Celine Dion and Michael Jackson to Neo, Rihanna, Whitney Houston, Janet Jackson, and even Bruno Mars. Now, if you watch them like I did on YouTube or on their social medias, their music is not really one genre or even one influence. They're all over the place, and it really makes an awesome collaborative. So check that out and enjoy this interview right now on Josh Belcher Uncharted. Hey guys, thank yeah, you so much. For, yeah, I can hear you. Uh, thanks for so much for talking awesome. with us here on the podcast. I uh, love the music, love the outfits, love the vibe. Uh, big fan and I look forward to you coming to uh, my hometown in Franklin uh, here December 7th with the Shindellas, which I understand you guys home base in Franklin now. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, man, indeed. Yeah, for three and a half years now. Nice. Well, well we're proud to have you. We're proud to claim you because you guys uh, definitely are awesome in this uh, this album, American Griot. Did I say it right? Griot. Griot. G-R-I-O-T-S. Griot, yeah. Griot, yeah. Okay. Uh, really, really enjoying that. That's awesome. Um, with all the collaborations you've done and all the awards and all the uh, musicians you've played with, what made you decide uh, together to release an album now? Well, sometimes life decides for you. So <laughs> neither one of us, uh, it was our goal to like branch off and do some kind of solo thing like to compete with what was out there. Really what happened was, you know, we were both actually depressed with where we were at music, believe it or not. After all the records we wrote for everyone else, we were both a little bit unhappy with the calls we were getting and where we were at. And we saved ourselves from quitting by starting Lewis York. Yeah. So Lewis York literally is kind of our saving grace. It's our therapy. So it wasn't until we started creating these songs and feeling how powerful they were and how they were changing our life and how people were reacting to them that we realized that this was something that we had to take as a a very serious responsibility and as a a lifelong career path. So ever since that day, we've been Lewis York and we've been doing our, working our hardest to put out the best music and, and follow that calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it it goes down smooth. It's, it's it's really really groovy. I've enjoyed it all. And the album, I mean, you got some you got some big name guests here uh, performing with you. How how'd you get all that lined up? Well, um, uh, they came about different ways. Like the the, uh, the song that we have with uh, Jimmy Allen. We mm-hmm. we've been friends with Jimmy since we moved here. We 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 all three of us went to the same gym in Franklin. Cool. Uh, Prairie life. 
Yeah. And, uh, we met him. He was cool. Yeah, he he actually came up to us and just started conversation. And from then, we just we developed a friendship. So when we were getting ready to do our debut album, I think we had him over to the workshop to record on our podcast. And when we were getting ready to do our album, we had invited him to be on it and said, absolutely. And he's not only been on the album, but he's invited us to do um, the song on a couple of his shows, Grand Ole Opry being one of them. So nice. it's been a, it's been a, He's been a really supportive figure in this journey. That is, that is a great thing to hear. Yeah, he seems like he'd be a genuinely nice guy from what I've seen of him. Um, and then speaking of your podcast, you guys have a great podcast. Let's let's uh, let's uh, segue into that. Tell us a little bit about uh, your guys' program. Sure. We have a podcast called We Sound Crazy. We record it <laughs> yeah. at our spot in Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah. And it's yeah. literally just it's, it's four friends, myself, Chuck, um, Phil Thornton, who is pretty much the king of everything. Yeah, he's, he's a, I think he, uh, he's over at RCA Inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. And Timon cool. Bacon is also at RCA. And together we know a lot of music, and together we've worked on a lot of different products in different cities across the board. Mm-hmm. So we had had the idea of doing this podcast for a while, finally sat down and, and put it out and did the first episode, and everyone loved it, so we kept going. Mm-hmm. And literally we just talk about everything music and everything that, surrounding it so we debate we laugh a lot we've had we had some good guests on there uh jimmy allen was one kirk franklin, kirk franklin. oh wow um, cool kelly kelly Rowland. um yeah. lots of cool people have have either have either been here or called in and been a part of um the podcast but it's, it's our way of also giving back in terms of knowledge and entertainment because we're all really passionate about music and you know, have some have some jokes, but also have some good ideas about what's what's missing and what what could be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great. Like I said, when you cover music, you can't go wrong. Uh, that's that's awesome. And um, yeah. Uh, also, I saw it. I, did, uh, I was looking the Tiny Book Club. I had to ask about that. I, I definitely need some more information. That just sounds like something cool in its own. <laughs> yeah, Tiny Book Club is another initiative we started right here in Franklin, Tennessee. Man, it started with. Uh, um, basically, us that that hang hang around the weirdo workshop office, feeling like mm-hmm. we need to do more as as far as reading is concerned. So we would pick a book once a month and under 200 pages, and then at a certain point we would all meet, um, have a little wine, have a little food, and just talk about the book and just talk about life as it relates to the book. And yeah. that. That that went on with just us for a couple months, and we would tell people the, the the kind of experience that it was for us, and they were like, "Well, I want to be a part of Tiny Book Club." <laughs> so five members turned into fifteen, and fifteen turned into now we're like seven hundred strong with oh, wow. Tiny That's Book awesome. Club. So um, it's 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 one of it's it's one of the best things in my life, actually. Agreed. Um, it 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 really. Uh, it's a healing. It's a healing event for me. So we just encourage people, man. Like it's not. A, it's not no class where we gonna quiz you about a book. Yeah. We barely. We barely talk about the facts of the book. It's more about the feeling of the book and the subject matter that leads to conversations about life, and hopefully ending with empathy. So we encourage everybody. Like if if you love community and if you love people, come check us out at Tiny Book Club. That's really really great. Hey, and yeah, like I said, we'll uh, we'll close that with. I want to discuss more of this 
Christmas time with Lewis Shork and the Shindellas at the Franklin Theater. Um, now tell tell us what what kind of show this is going to be for people that are interested in going there Saturday, December seventh. What what are they going to get to look forward to with you guys? Well, it's Christmas time, so it's a show for everybody. Yes. So yeah. we want uh, the kids, the parents, the, the, the grandparents, all walks of life, all colors, all creeds come through. A weirdo workshop shows are always a really good time with a lot of music, a lot of um, a lot of community because everyone. We can try to include people. Everyone gets up and dances and sings. It's it's a good, 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 good time. And the holiday one, we always go a little harder because number one, it's, we tour all year. When we get to Franklin, it's it's the home it's home territory. So we give just a little bit extra because it's family. Yeah. So we have some special guests. Yeah. Some real special. Real guests. cool special guests. Yeah. Fantastic live performing, and it should set you off for the end of the year the perfect way. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We're looking forward to it. Well, hey, uh, Chuck and Claude, you know, like I said, you guys are doing the music now that everybody's wanting to hear and craving. You're bringing a little bit of the old school back with your own twist, uh, with the new stuff and beyond. Yeah. And and we appreciate, like I said, being a being a guy raised born and raised in Franklin. Appreciate you taking care of it and keeping the legacy going. And uh, look forward to the show. And hey, thank you for taking some time to speak with me here on my little podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank man. you. Appreciate thank you, it, man. Anytime. Our next guest on the podcast is comic book artist illustrator Dan Frega. He'll be at the Nashville Comic and Toy Day December 1st at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds. For more information, you can go to ComicCityConventions.com or Facebook Nashville Comic and Toy Show. And for this particular event, all military and family admitted free with identification. That interview is next on Josh Belcher Uncharted. First and foremost, we're really pumped to have you coming to Nashville December 1st uh, to share some of your talent and, and see some of your art firsthand. Uh, but one thing, like I said, I was looking up your resume, which is incredible. But the first thing I wanted to touch on, and I'm sure you've uh, talked on it before, was that you started immediately, it says, right after high school. You were already yep. working in comics. Man, that is so impressive. I mean, just cutting your teeth. I mean, I, I, young man at that age, what was that like? I mean, I saw, you know, you went to Extreme Studios. Uh, what was that experience like? If you could, if you could just kind of start on that. I'll tell you. Um, I I met Rob Liefeld when I was 16, and uh, I used to do a public access television show in my hometown of Martinez, California, and I did a, a segment on portfolio review. So I took my portfolio to this convention almost 30 years ago. It'll be 30 years on the 19th. So uh, next Tuesday it'll be 30 years. I met Congrats. Rob. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I met yeah. Rob for the first time, and and um, we became friends. And he he wasn't the Rob Liefeld that everybody knows now. He had, he, in fact, he had just started working on New Mutants when I met him. Wow. Uh, so uh, that was 1989, and and uh, we stayed in touch. He gave me a, a very very thorough review, one that I really appreciated and wanted uh, to have him continue to expand upon as I did new work, which he did. And in San Diego Comic-Con of 91, this is about a month after I graduated from high school, they told me that he and Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson were going to form a company. It wasn't wow. it wasn't Image Comics at the time. It, it was some, some other thing. It was just the three of them. Uh, of course, you know, as history shows it, it became seven guys. 
but uh, he told me, you know, be on my toes because uh, he, when they co- create new books, he wants to hire me. So at the at the same time, I was also uh, shopping around some inventory stories over at DC, uh, and then it was November of '91, so about five months out of high school, that he said, "Yeah, we want you to come down." So wow. I moved. I moved to uh, Southern California, where Extreme Studios was, uh, right around the time Image was formed. In fact, I was I was there when CNN came and talked to them about them leaving Marvel and. Uh, it was it was a dream come true. I mean, especially uh, like you said, at, at a young age, uh, I was a huge fan. Still, still, I'm a fan, but uh, huge fan. I would go to all the cons, wait in all the lines, try to talk to them. Uh, next thing I know, I'm sitting at a table with them, and they're not kicking me out. You know, and <laughs> yeah. so it was uh, it was it was kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, that pretty much makes you probably the youngest person to be a part of the beginning of Image Comics. If not, were you the youngest? At the time, I was. Uh, I was I was 18 when I was hired, so I'm not sure. I know there's a, a couple other guys that got hired young. I know J. Scott Campbell uh, was hired, uh, Brett Booth. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Brett, uh, Jeff might be older than me by a couple months. I'm not sure, but uh, sounds good. Sounds right. Yeah, that's still awesome. Yeah. I mean, how much discipline as a young person that age, man? I'm still trying to think at 18 where my mind was even sitting, and here you are had, right on the beginning. <laughs> I had some, I had some laser focus when I was a kid. I, I discovered, I rediscovered comics when I was about 11. Like before that, they were just kind of, you know, something that you would get on a road trip or pick up at the the dime store or whatever. But uh, I realized, like, you know, comic books is a thing when I was 11. And, when I was uh, 14, I went to a comic convention to to meet Stan Lee and give him some artwork. And I had a, uh, a professional artist tell me point blank that I didn't have what it takes oh, wow. uh, to, be, to be a professional artist. And I, I took that as a challenge. So I I focused. You know, I played I played one year of football in high school. I'm not really a sports guy. I did it for a girl. <laughs> uh, you know, I did it for a girl, but, uh, any other time, like I didn't go to parties. I was, uh, you know, the guy that during lunchtime would go into the library and, and draw. Uh, and when I was home, I, you know, I, I played outside, but I still spent most of my time at a drawing desk because I was laser focused. And, and I think there's a lot of criteria that, that set me up for that success. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- number one, I was raised on a chicken farm, and uh, my dad, my dad uh, used to make us do even more work if we said the words "I'm bored." So oh, I always, yeah. I, I always found something to do, and most of the time it was, you know, imagination based. Uh, we also didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we, I grew up in a small town by San Francisco, but uh, you know, there wasn't much to do. I mean, there was dirt bikes and and uh, you know things like that, but not really uh, terrible much much to do so uh i think all of those factors put together kind of created the the perfect storm to to excel but i you know i had i had um a guest on my youtube show a couple nights ago and and uh you know i said to him that uh you know when you when you put your mind to something and you really want to do it 
and you, you make that decision that th- this is going to be the thing I'm going to do, uh, you, got, you kind of got to do it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's all in almost, yeah. Um, yeah, that, the couch doodle thing, you're talking about everything on YouTube. That's some of the grooviest stuff I've seen in forever. I mean, thoroughly enjoy it. You know, Thank you. And, and, and the way you bring it out and, and do it in a lot of time and everything. Kind of give people an insight to the the artists without, you know, just the you know the few minutes we have with them at Comic-Cons. It's really a right. cool thing, and I appreciate you taking the time. Let's talk a little bit about couch doodle since we're kind of on the yeah. subject now, if that's okay. How all no, that came not to a be problem. everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Couch Doodles, um, the name itself came out of a, um, I don't want to say an accident, but back, I, I, I still have an Instagram account, but my original Instagram account was called Frega Boom, and in the winter, somewhere around December of 2012, the, uh, there was a rumor going around saying that Instagram could use you know, look at their terms of service. They can use all your photos for whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, forget that. And I, I, uh, I, I canceled my account. Then a couple of days later, they said, no, this isn't true. Here's our terms of service. You own all your own stuff. And I said, okay, well, I'd like to get my account back. Yeah. They, they informed me I could not, uh, oh, wow. not with that name. So I had to come up with a new name and we had a, uh, my my daughter was only about six months at the time, mm-hmm. so a lot of my uh, a lot of my drawing time was spent on the couch. So <laughs> I I was trying to think of something to to do uh, as, as far as a name, and I wrote that in, and 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 it stuck. So what I've what I've done with the Couch Doodles brand is I'm very dedicated to to getting other people uh, up and running that are creative and it doesn't matter if, if uh, you're an artist, if you're a writer, sculptor, musician, whatever, um, being able to exercise creativity is a powerful thing. And I feel like there's a lot of factors that get in the way, you know, it, whether it's uh, discouragement from family members or friends or enemies or feeling like you don't have enough time or running into that, that all powerful artist slash writer's block. Uh, what Couch Doodles is about is empowering and enlightening creativity in other people through example. So what I try to do is get uh, get some guests on uh, and talk to them about their processes. And what I've found is with as many people as I've, I've interviewed, there are that many answers to the same questions. And I feel like that's a value, especially uh, because creativity is sort of a wily beast. And what may work for one person may not work for another. So I'm trying to trying to help out a, a, with the biggest uh, net that I can. Yeah, it's a great thing because especially now, like uh, I came from the generation just the same as you to where, you know, imagination and everything was king. You know, if the phone rang, it was from the wall in the kitchen. You know, it wasn't yes. just constantly staring at your phone. And, and right. to have this, you know, it hopefully it entices people to get back into, like you said, creativity. Like from from like the little doodles on the uh, the cell phone pockets. I don't know exactly what they call you, but that just blows me away. I just think that's the coolest thing because it's kind of like it's it's tinier than like a regular canvas, and I just think that's groovy as all right. that as well. That's fun. Yeah. Um. So. Um, I was going to talk about, you know, you coming to Nashville. Is this the first time you've ever been uh, with us here in Nashville, or do you come to Nashville? Uh, no, this is this will be the fir- very first time in Nashville. It'll, 
by the time I get there, it will be my uh, third time in Tennessee. When we moved from California to Georgia, uh, we drove through Memphis, got to see Sun Sun Records, which was great. Yeah. Um, I'm visiting Knoxville this weekend uh, and uh, checking out Knoxville and then, and then in two weeks coming out to Nashville and I've got yeah. I've got friends that live out there. They they work in the music business and they say Nashville is a is the place to be. Uh, so hoping hoping to check it out. Yeah, very very cool. Yeah, well, we're so pumped to have you. Are you going to tour uh, uh, UT's campus while you're there by any chance? Uh, not that I know of. I don't okay. even know what that is. Yeah, uh, the University of Tennessee Knoxville mm. camp football. The reason I was saying is that they have a piece of history there that's very interesting. If you're ever into that kind of stuff, what is it? They have um, uh, the uh, the the women's right to vote uh, was rested on the shoulders of a politician from Knoxville. Yeah, and it was all because of a letter his mother wrote him telling him to make the right decision. You know, because it was that's down awesome. to him to do the vote. And they have yeah. the letter in Knoxville. It's just a hidden gem that not a lot of people That's know about. That's great. No, I just think I it's no cool. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Every time it's like cool. Knoxville. Yeah. I just thought that was an awesome story. But you know, you're yeah. talking about being a parent and everything, and that's yeah. just really cool. Yeah. We're we're glad to have you. And then now, um, what will it be? Will you basically be doing a tutorial Q and A, and then and then like drawing for folks if they wanted, or what will we expect when you get here? Because I'll be there for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I it, from what I understand, it's not a traditional uh, comic convention. Is it? Mm-hmm. it um, I'm not really sure what the venue is. I just know it's it it's uh it's not a comic convention. It's something else. Yeah, it's like on one end because they got the Nashville Exposition Center, I believe is what they call it. But on one Good. end it's like comics and stuff, and on the other end it's like records and music. I don't know. It's like a whole oh, bunch fun. of stuff going. Yeah, there's yeah. stuff going everywhere. So like, uh, great. I mean, it's like almost all in. And you do things for music too, right? Don't you do like yeah. art for music videos and things of that nature? I do. I, uh, I I do storyboards for music videos. I also uh, wrote some jingles while I worked at Mattel. Uh, I write all the music that goes on my videos. That way, I I don't have to pay anybody for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. But yeah, as far as what I'd I'd like to do in Nashville, I mean, I I would love if if uh, if there's a possibility that I can do uh, some demos. That'd be great. Uh, sketches. Yeah, I, I always offer offer uh sketches and, and signatures and handshakes and all that cool that's awesome and then i saw like you did a little bit of stuff for monster high which uh, having two daughters plenty of my money went to that yeah <laughs> yeah i've got two daughters and two sons i'm bringing my my youngest son with me to nashville so Very. it'll be a really good time awesome. well we're gonna we're gonna be glad to have you uh like i said let me get one more thing out of you and then i'll yeah. let you go appreciate your time i, I no heard there's some kind of funny story that uh that mcfarland did to you when he was like uh inking one of your comic books and i just yes. wanted to hear it from your yeah i've always wanted to hear what exactly okay what well happened there. yeah tom mcfarland uh i mean when when i first got into comics the guys that got me loving comics were guys like john byrne and frank miller and uh, Mike Zek, Rick Leonardi, but the first person that I, I guess the term would be is Gaga. The first person that I was like, oh my gosh, just like flipping out over was Todd McFarlane. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and one of the things that I enjoy uh, him doing is when he inks other people. When he inked Rob Liefeld on the New Mutants covers, uh, I, I I just thought that there was this sort of third artist that happened uh, that I that I was fond of. So 
when I created Black Flag, he was he was visiting in the studio, and I just got up the gumption to ask him, hey, you know, what, what do you think about inking uh, cover for me? And he said, oh, okay, buddy. Uh, I said, oh, man, that's great. So I, I sent it over. I sent it to him, and uh, it took an awful long time getting it. You know, mm-hmm. it was it, usually a turnaround on something like that is two weeks or less, you know. And yeah. it, we were we were looking at like a month. And uh, they said, you know, be patient, be patient. I said, okay, yeah, it's worth waiting for. And so I get a uh, a fax, uh, you know, the old faxaroo. Uh, yeah. Back in in uh, ninety, this is back in ninety four. I get a fax, and uh, they said, hey, McFarland just faxed over uh, his inks on your cover, and I, I take a look at it, and it it's god awful. I mean, it, it you know, I thought like maybe I'm the guy that he can't ink well, because it, it, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. And, uh, uh, they, they really came down on me like, Hey man, don't look the gift horse in the mouth, you know, like that you really should be appreciative of this. This is like one of your dreams come true. I said, yeah, I gotta be honest, yeah. man. This is, it's just not, not looking like a dream come true. It's kind of a nightmare <laughs> because I got my wish, but it looks like crap. Yeah. And exactly, it looked like yeah. somebody with uh, got their kid to do it with a with a toothpick dipped in dog shit, you know. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked bad. It looked really yeah. bad. Uh, anyhow, that your heart's it, sinking. It, the, your heart's like sinking into your stomach. Oh, that's exactly yeah. right. And so uh, I came to find out that he got his uh, assistant Terry to uh, uh, use the other hand that he doesn't draw or write with. To yeah. ink a photocopy, and uh, then they that, they fax that over. So it was yeah. a big joke, and then yeah. then and that same day the cover came in FedEx, and of course it was beautiful. Yeah, uh, man. You know, so that's that. You know, that's the story. <laughs> and I I remembered something too, uh, in my talk with my friend. Uh, you know, one of the things like I I feel, uh, and this isn't even like I don't feel uh, bad about it. It's just insight that a lot of times when, when uh, young artists break into comics, they they break in and they do uh, a couple of years of work under the radar, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. find out, like Jim Lee did Samurai Santa, you know? And, uh, you know, Jeff Johnson did some, some other stuff. Art Adams did High Energy uh, and, uh, and, and a few other things. But those books, you know, no one's, no one saw them. And you can find them now if you, you hunt them out, but uh, they're they're not great, but mm-hmm. that's that's how these guys got their start. Uh, guys like Marat, guys like me, Jay Scott, our first works sold you know upwards to a million copies. So our yeah. worst, ugliest work got the biggest numbers. So it's <laughs> you know it's a double-edged sword, you know, and and yeah. and especially the way the market went. You know, the market had a big crash in '96. And you would think the more you do something, the better you get at something, you, you know, the rewards would be higher, but it kind of worked in reverse. Yeah. 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 I remember that time, like, it wasn't it at one point, like, they, they actually killed off Superman to kind of, like, bounce oh, yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. I remember those days. Yeah, that was some dark times. <laughs> dark, dark times. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're we're back in the groove again, because every Comic-Con I go to gets bigger and bigger, and, and everybody's yeah. more into it. The costumes get better, and um, the guests get more oh, yeah. awesome. And like I said, thank you for your time. Safe travels, and we will see you here December 1st. Uh, when we're in Nashville, I'm going to get you to draw something up for me. Awesome. 
Thanks, man. man. Yeah, well. And that wraps up this edition of Josh Belcher Uncharted. Really awesome time, and thank you to all my guests. And I appreciate you for listening. You keep listening to them, and I'm going to keep making them. If you know anybody you think might be a great guest, have them hit me up at joshbelcher at hotmail.com. And remember, as always, I love you for you, where you're at in life. Have a really awesome week, and we'll catch you next time. All right, bye, everybody. Thank you.